Hey, Rachel. Hey, Brian. So how was your week? Well, I'm 42 years old, and this week I moved back in with my parents. Congratulations. Progress. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I'm living in a room in, on a pull-out couch. That's where I'm sleeping with my husband, my son, and we have a crate for our very large dog that is mistaken by some for a miniature horse. Right. Suboptimal. <laughs> just like the time, suboptimal. Just like the times we live in. Okay, let's talk about that. This is This Week in Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. My name is no, my sign is no, my number is no. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. Need to let it go. Okay, Rachel, I think you owe everyone a brief explanation as to why you are living in a crate with a dog. <laughs> well, um, I began a renovation last week of my bathrooms in my apartment, and they were going to do one at a time, and we were planning on living through it. Um, but that proved to be delusional. And um, when the contractor took off one tile, he was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, you've got go to gotta take a look at this. <laughs> those are words and you never want to are... hear from a contractor. No, and so... It just uh, it just descended into total chaos, um, and it is uh, an opportunity. An is opportunity. what it is to have <laughs> the Money Pit movie, the reboot, the reboot <laughs> with my mother played by Shelley Long <laughs> and Tom Hanks part being played by. Um, I think my dad would be played by Larry David. Okay, I'm stepping away from this. I don't want to get in trouble with the Dodes family. No, I mean, listen, I, I'm grateful that they're there to support us during this time, but, um, you Suboptimal. Know. Sub it's suboptimal, <laughs> okay. yes. Well, uh, I did not spend the week living with my parents. I had a slightly uh, more exciting weekend. Yes. Uh, I was at uh, Art Basel in Miami, Miami oh, Beach. Oh, yes. You're living the glamorous Art Basel life where we went last year. This year I couldn't go because I'm dealing with all this <laughs> drama. Yeah. It was Sheila E., the glamorous life. And, um, of course, the topic at the tip of everyone's tongue is the duct tape banana. I know. It's it's devastating right, that I Right, which we will, we will talk you. about. I have boots on the ground about that. But... Um, Actually, there's um, there's big developments in the world of, of global politics. I mean, yes, we have the impeachment and everything, but there's things going on across the Atlantic as well. Yes, um, there's uh, big developments in the British election. By the time you hear this podcast, the British election results might be in. They're very slow. It's probably maybe like not takes a week. But, um, yeah. but it's it's kind of like remember that episode of South Park when um, <laughs> a giant douche was running against a turd sandwich. No. <laughs> well, that's like what's going on in Britain this week. So right, because we have the like Trumpian doofus Brexit Boris Johnson against the anti-Semitic Hamas allied Jeremy, Jeremy Corbyn. Corbyn. Yes. So these are great now choices. Now you know why I support Boris Johnson. <laughs> these are, I mean, the lesser of two terrible, terrible Ter yes, choices. Yes, they're both terrible choices. Um, so I guess in the final days of the campaign, you would think that Boris would want to get his message out to voters, yeah, right? But they're no. ahead. They're, they want to solidify the argument. Yes. Rally the base. But no, he's been avoiding the press like the plague this entire time. And this week he was visiting a business in Yorkshire 
called Modern Milkman in like an area that's like votes Tory. And he was accosted by a producer for Piers Morgan's show, Good Morning Britain. And there's video footage of this. So the producer asks him, you know, um, Prime Minister, would you like to come on Good Morning Britain? And an aide to Boris Johnson can be heard saying, oh, for fuck's sake. And then you see Boris and he's wearing this jacket that has like the Modern Milkman logo on it. He looks like a milkman. Like he's like trying to like hide in disguise as a milkman except he has that insane hair and he's running into a freezer wait he gets he, in the freezer it's in like a large like refrigerator like a meat container like, like a milk like freezer. a milk like walk-in refrigerator industrial refrigerator so he's hiding in the freezer rather than doing an interview with pierce morgan who like is probably an ally right know, he's, he's like a, a brexiteer yes he's not like a hard-hitting journalist and like he's he's favorably disposed towards the Tories <laughs> the last I checked, right? Am I am I wrong? Yes, I okay. mean, he's, he's like a Trump ally. So, I, so yeah. I, don't, I don't understand any of this. No, I mean, they are definitely taking an unconventional approach to public <laughs> to relations. <laughs> wait till you hear this one. So, did you, wait, did, you saw Love Actually, right? Everyone's seen Love well, Actually. I mean, I've seen, like, pieces of it, but I don't think I've ever, like, sat down and watched the entire oh, movie. Oh, it's quite a work of art. And okay. uh, <laughs> it, it was no big deal when it came out, and now it's, like, an iconic uh, Christmas movie. And it's yes. even more so in England, because uh, it's an English movie, and it's, like, all these stories intertwined. People have seen it. They know what it is. And the most famous scene is when Andrew Lincoln, who's in love with Kira Knightley, shows up on like Christmas Eve at the door, puts on Christmas carols for reasons that are too complicated to go into, and he holds up these signs, like the words, which is like, on Christmas, we tell the truth. Right, a and year he's got from like a now, boombox, like, yeah, say anything. Right, so it's like, say anything meets that in excess video, yes. which is actually <laughs> ripping off a Bob Dylan video. <laughs> okay, so there's a long lineage long. of the arts here. The wasteland. Right, right. But it is very um, sentimental and like... Like tear in the in the eye inducing. It's very sentimental. So of course, the uh, ad that Boris Johnson produced and went viral is Boris Johnson ringing on someone's doorbell, and they open the door. He puts on Christmas carols, and he's holding the deck of cards of like <clears throat> of like love actually of like love actually, and it's like <laughs> it's like it's Christmas time, and this time of year we need to pass Brexit. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> The time is now. And then it gets very technical. He's like, we only need, the, the cards say, we only need a nine-vote working majority. <laughs> like, nothing says Christmas. It's like, like a nine-vote like... working majority. <laughs> and the woman who answers, instead of Kira Knightley, like, looking doe-eyed at Andrew Lincoln, is like this middle-aged woman who's like, who is this like... lunatic who just showed up at my She's door? Like Peloton wife. <laughs> right. It's like She's a like... hostage video. Like, make this Get man go away. Right. Right. So he's been ahead going into the polls, but he's doing everything he can to blow his lead. He's not going to get that nine vote working majority. Not with ads like this and hiding in a freezer. Go back in the freezer. No, yeah. Boris Johnson. I mean, no. take I, Jeremy Corbyn in the freezer with you, but leave him there. Like, I just don't understand why someone competent and fearless who won't hide in a freezer can run for prime minister. Like, what about Phoebe Waller-Bridge? <laughs> yes, she would be an amazing prime minister. Right? Or like Idris Elba. Yes. So many choices. So Daniel many, Craig. There are some amazing people in oh. England. <laughs> and none of them are running because they're probably smart enough to stay out stay of it. Stay the hell out of it. Okay, yeah. nope, Boris Johnson. Nope, nope I actually, Jeremy Corbyn. Nope very, to 
very this. reluctantly hope you win, but this is disaster. God, I'm gonna get hate. I'm gonna get trolled on the on the interwebs for that saying that. Okay. No. Um, luckily, I've been able to hide from that. And going back to Art Basel, I want to talk about the banana duct tape piece of art. Everyone, it's been all over the news. I don't think people need to hear you know, describe what it is. Okay. It's a banana duct tape <laughs> to a piece of canvas. That's um, all. Right. That's all it is. Right. Was there a canvas or was it just the wall? Uh, no, it was just the wall. Yeah. yeah it was just the <laughs> wall. Right. They didn't even, they couldn't even spring for the canvas. Uh, the piece is called comedian. It was shown by gallery Paratin. The artist is a guy named Maurizio Catalan. He's yeah, the one who him. did the yeah, gold the toilet or whatever. There were three buyers. Um, you say, how could you have three buyers of one banana? <laughs> 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 Classic riddle, like the riddle of the Sphinx. <laughs> right. I am one banana. I've been bought three it's times. Like, Who am uh, I? <laughs> it's like one of those like timeshare bananas. <laughs> <laughs> you get to have it for like every other weekend. <laughs> No, it's, you, it's like the art is a certificate. You get the certificate that you've bought it. The first two sold for $120,000. And then with based on the demand, they raised the price on the third one to $150,000. So they raised like $240,000 plus another $150,000 yes. for yes. one banana taped to a wall. Yes. But it was a limited edition. That's the reason. <laughs> like it's scarce. You can't just issue more. You can't. Yes, you can't. <laughs> Just go to the supermarket and issue more. grow on trees. Okay, now here's the big reveal. I saw the banana live. So how was it? The, it was amazing. <laughs> so what <laughs> was, was going on? Amazing. So, okay, so it was it was not that central to the main floor. You were with me last year. It's yeah. a huge convention center, Miami Beach Convention Center. We had to look up the gallery. We found it, but we could tell because there was like a line around the block to see it. Um, but we were very daring. We actually um, skipped the line and we like ducked in around the like uh, the cord and we got like within a couple of feet of it and took some pictures that um, yeah, I can. You, you shared them with me. Yeah, yeah it was and... amazing. I was uh, gobsmacked at the beauty, <laughs> at the <laughs> irony, at the social statement. But it was, you know, they had to make the line. They got security involved because they said it was a health and safety risk. Like this banana had caused like mass chaos. It was like the Mona Lisa, like the line um, to see it. And then I'm standing there, you know, adjacent to the line. And this guy opens up his shirt and he's wearing like a facsimile of the banana on his chest. Not an actual banana. It's like he had crocheted an entire outfit. <laughs> that was, so he was inspired by was the fast, banana. It was fast fashion. <laughs> yes. But it looked like he was wearing the banana, but it was like some sort of 3D rendering. And he had a banana necklace and a banana hat, He was right? fully decked out in bananas. <laughs> and my friend like took a, a picture of him yeah. and the guy went to leave. And then I'm like, hold on, I want to take a picture too. And he demanded $20 of me to take a picture of him. So this is just like, terrible everything is being commercialized yes even uh, right we are in late stage capitalism <laughs> yes. and we peak. like peak and last year when we were there and there wasn't even this like banana hubbub <laughs> it was like 50 dollars to have like a glass of champagne oh, that's right another thing that happened we also got there's like little <laughs> women and you know beautiful models not little women in like, carts like you know doling out 25 dollar like little plastic tumblers of champagne flutes yeah and uh my friend and I got one and then we were in one of these like little gallery alcoves and I put mine down on the floor 
so that I could take a picture. And he promptly kicked it over. <laughs> and then we took a picture of it and said, now that's art. It, it is art. If it's, you can have a banana, you have an empty champagne plastic flute. It's, it's all part of a it's all part of a piece. Yes. Really. Well, that was only part one of the art. The second was a uh, a guy named David Datuna who actually walked up to the thing, walked up to the banana, grabbed it off of the duct tape, and ate it. Who could blame him? <laughs> I was hungry too. It's delicious. <laughs> so they asked him why he everyone. did. Of course, he's a performance artist. But they asked him why he ate it, and he said, "I was hungry." Uh-huh. And someone asked him, what did it taste like? And he said it tasted like $120,000. It was delicious. I'm sure it was. And then, of course, this spun off into meme world. They taped bananas to the private plane that like took the gallery back home. People in New York have been taping them to their doors. There's a Twitter, uh, uh, an Insta thing with Brooke Shields taping one to her face. Someone taped Baby Yoda to a wall. Popeye's chicken is taping it to uh, chicken, chicken sandwiches, sandwich. <laughs> Perrier <laughs> bottles. It's... This is a meme that will be gone by the time this podcast is released, yes. I fully realize. But we needed to memorialize it, especially since I was there for this epic moment in artistic history. It will go down in art history textbooks for decades, for if not days. centuries, <laughs> for moments. <laughs> okay, no. No, no, banana. I loved you. I loved you, and now I'm leaving you. Goodbye, banana. Farewell. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Rachel, what's next? Okay, so this is really interesting. This um, is maybe the answer to an unsolved mystery about Trump's skin. Um, so, And it was buried in a Washington Post story about the experience of undocumented workers at Trump resorts. And, That's you a know, big issue, yeah. Those, yeah. those workers are in his rooms at the various resorts. They do his laundry, so they know things. And in the story, there was a section that was detailing uh, Donald Trump's specific habits and requests. Like, for example, he requires exactly 2.5 boxes of Tic Tacs in his bedroom at all times. And you know he likes Tic Tacs, because remember he mentioned that in the Access Hollywood tape, how he always has to have Tic Tacs on him. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) In case he has to forcibly kiss someone yes sexually assault somebody (laughs) and and so they the washington post said the same rule applied to the bronx colors brand face makeup from switzerland that trump slathered on what are bronx colors i'm getting not heard this story bronx colors (laughs) so he needs two full containers of bronx colors face makeup one of them half full even if it meant that the housekeepers had to regularly bring new shirts from the pro shop because of the rust-colored stains on the collars. Okay. Before we get to the Bronx, what's with the half bottles of things, the half Tic Tacs, the half, half bottles? Right. Is he so concerned with waste? Like he doesn't want to waste a half a bottle of Bronx makeup if he's not going to use it? No, he wants to waste it because it has to always be half empty, right? Oh, but that also means half full. It doesn't. It depends. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it depends on your perspective, like so many other things. Okay, so what does he do? What is this brand? I've never heard of this. So, okay, that's a good question. Can you get it in CVS? So Vox um, seized on this and had a really helpful... explainer piece slash investigation into Bronx colors. And here's what they said. Um, Okay, so Bronx Colors is a Swiss brand. It never really caught on in the U.S. Imagine that. You can't even buy it here. And the company's promotional copy is like the Bronx, but seen from the Swiss Alps. 
and it describes uh, the Bronx as, quote, the northernmost district of New York City, where, quote, the origins of hip hop, breakdance and graffiti are pervasive and emphasize the urban lifestyle. Well, that is all true factually. That said, out of all the, I, I don't know, maybe that's kind of progressive. Like, <laughs> like Bronx doesn't get enough attention. They don't. They don't. Bronx <laughs> colors don't get enough attention. Jenny so, for the block. So, yeah, Jenny, yes, on the six. Yes. So, um, so the company is insinuating that Trump uses their boosting hydrating concealer in orange. And um, after this Washington Post story came out, they put the story on their homepage and offered a special deal. They said, buy anything on the site and get one of Trump's orange tubes for free. Are they licensed to disclose this information and use his likeness in the in the promotion of their product? Well, they just put the Washington Post story oh. and like, yeah, it was very clever. And so it, th- this, you know, product retails for six. 50 euros or about seven dollars and 22 cents it's a bargain to look site, like donald trump's skin who That's wouldn't amazing. want that yeah. the the site has crashed multiple times since the story published and this is also interesting so also in the company's branding the o in bronx is rendered as like the female symbol with okay. like you know the plus yeah right and um, Bronx Colors also has three products that are specifically geared toward men, and that's gendered with the male symbol, with the arrow yeah. sticking out. Um, but this particular concealer <laughs> for is for women. <laughs> so Donald Trump is using an orange concealer so that's made for women. Yes, yeah, so he's um, cross-dressing. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> um, and so Vox reached out to Isabel Van Von Cannell, who's the C- COO of Bronx Colors, and asked whether Donald Trump uses the brand's orange concealer she would neither confirm nor deny it she said we are not sending him a product knowing that we are sending products to him because there are different ways he can get it which is very cryptic that is and also there's uh what's that called like patient patient uh doctor confidentiality like hipaa (laughs) compliant COPA compliant, HIPAA compliant. <laughs> right. They cannot reveal. So, but David Farentold of the Washington Post tweeted after the story broke that when he asked the housekeepers what makeup shade it was, one of them said, una naranja espantosa, which means a very scary orange. <laughs> <laughs> That's a better name than Bronx. <laughs> So they should rebrand a special Halloween edition. They should for anybody who wants to dress up as Donald Trump. Um, but you know, so the, the the bigger issue is that nobody with any understanding of how makeup works and how makeup interacts with light and cameras should be using orange concealer alone. You're supposed to use other. I, I don't know anything about makeup. So, You're supposed to wear like other things like base or powder or yes. those things around them. So orange concealer is meant to be a color corrector. Like in on camera, it corrects for blue. It's the opposite of blue on the color wheel. So um, it can theoretically neutralize blue tones like under the eyes. But you're supposed to put regular concealer on top of it. So he's just taking a slapdash shortcut. He's just like, oh, that's orange. Let me put it on my face. Yes. And Trump has rosacea, which is like the red ruddiness. Yeah. So he should really be using the green oh, undertones. Oh, call us. Not the <laughs> I mean, Vox really <laughs> went deep into finest this. living cosmeticians. Yes. So <laughs> we can advise you, but this is, you know, he just like everything else, he's doing exactly the wrong thing, even on his own he's taking a shortcut stupid 
on face. some some drugstore cosmetics that aren't even sold in a drugstore. That couldn't even make it here. That are like the Bronx <laughs> too in shitty Switzerland. to make it in CVS. <laughs> nope. No. No. <laughs> Shut this down, Rachel. Please don't no. wear it. Okay, I won't I'm wear kind of it. curious. I kind of want to wear it to a Christmas party. Okay, um, so speaking of Christmas, I guess. Um, the holidays are <laughs> everyone, upon us. Yeah, so there's this whole thing. We, I mean, we're Jewish. We never did this, but there's like the Christmas sweaters, right? Everyone has their like funky, cheesy, like Bridget Jones diary, like the funky Christmas sweaters. There are Hanukkah right? sweaters. There's like big like holiday sweater parties now. Yeah. It's like a thing. It's disgusting. But uh, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> let's pretty... say it's a thing that people are into. So Walmart, of course, has... All of its range of Christmas color of Christmas sweaters and Walmart Canada had a little bit of a misstep. Um, <laughs> what happened at Walmart Canada, Brian? <laughs> Since we're always talking about Walmart Canada, here's the latest. <laughs> um, they had a line of sweaters that were a little bit uh, racy. Um, and it was unclear if it was intentional or unintentional, but they're so explicit that it has to be intentional. There's one that says, let it snow. And it's a picture of Santa in bed looking sort of like ecstatically wired. And there are three white lines that are obviously lines of cocaine on the blanket in front of him. And lest you were at all, uh, ambiguous about what it is, he's also holding a straw, Okay, um, and snow is slang. Snow for is slang. That's right. So it's uh, coked up Santa. There's one of him just sitting on the toilet with a sort of pained look on his face. He needs a squatty potty. And there's one of him like splayed out on like an examination room table with his pants pulled down, like bare-assed. And there's an alien like giving him a probe, like about to give him a probe in his ass. Like an alien probe, I guess. What about the cocaine? Is that in- no? It's unrelated to the co- maybe. Got, so one of them maybe has it took cocaine. so much. Co- yeah, those are unrelated <laughs> sweaters. It's not like three. It's not like a triptych. Like there's three illustrations three, on three images <laughs> right. on one sweater. Yeah. No, it's like three. You can have a banana <laughs> on it also. Okay. So the copy on the website says, We all know how snow works. It's white powdery and the best snow comes straight from South America. That's bad news for jolly old Saint Nick, who lives far away in the North Pole. That's why Santa really likes to savor the moment when he gets his hand on some quality grade A Colombian snow. Okay, so this well, there's is no not- ambiguity. <laughs> How did this pass muster with the like prank on like someone thought this was funny. Well, of course, Walmart. I was gonna say, of course, it was pointed out to Walmart. How did Walmart not see How this? How did the merchants going, not understand this? Right, Aren't was, there people who vet the products that are so- it was a third it was a third party and they apologized and they said it is not in line with its values. Like Santa snorting cocaine is not in line with its values. Okay. Yeah. So that's the whole story. That's it. That's all you <laughs> and have to say. And they pulled it. They pulled it. Yeah. So you can't get it anymore. You can't get it. The story has a beginning and middle. What if I want that? <laughs> you could take a screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> and have Which someone link to and oh maybe my mother-in-law could make that for me like a macrame yeah well she's really good at knitting so oh, maybe she could make that knit a santa cocaine <laughs> sweater <laughs> it's all i ever wanted for hanukkah <laughs> give it to coco <laughs> okay. no that no. was short but it's uh, enough said 
Let's stay in the uh, holiday spirit here. Um, you know how like every year there's like one menu item, one holiday menu item that everyone's all excited. Like last year it was the uh, buttered noodles. Yeah, generously buttered noodles. noodles. And there was also like the holiday rolls by Mario Batali. Yeah, the cinnamon rolls that he put in his like apology note for like sexual. Right, and there was a watermelon. Wait, oh, there was a watermelon ham. There's a lot of things a lot, happening. Oh, then the Jello thing. Okay, there's a lot of different things. This year's hot. Christmas menu item is mincemeat pies. Okay. And I've always been confused about mincemeat, right? It's, I lived in England for, we both lived in England for a little while, lived here. I, whenever I see it, I'm like, is it meat? Is it mince? Is it fruit? fruit. But then I, I, it I don't know. Anything. It could be anything. <laughs> it, mice? Is it, <laughs> is it mice? Know. Mouse meat? I we, have no idea. We don't know. Right. So um, since it's so hot, there's this uh, website called The Spruce Eats. And they maintained that there was actual meat in it, even though the ones I've encountered are really fruit. I don't know. I looked this up. Apparently, in the old, like, Victorian and before days, they used to make it with meat. And then for some reason, like, they realized that, like, meat spoils and pies like that. And they made it a date confection a of date some sort. A date confection and called sweet. it meat? They but call, it was still called the name carried over. This is a this very a huge con, this is very confusing this is story. I'm going to need yeah. your help okay. <laughs> trudging my way through this. So <clears throat> apparently now, so English uh, mincemeat pies do not have meat in them. But this English website published a menu of a recipe for mincemeat pies. No, I think it was an American website that was translating a British oh a British recipe. recipe. Okay. Yeah, because I saw the hubbub no, over the this picture. Little... The picture is everything. It's this picture of like an apple crust, not apple pie crust, like actual slices of apple, and lumped on top of it is like a sludge of like dog food. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's like apples on top. Apples on top. Because nothing says Christmas like apple dog food. (laughs) And they say that it's a uh, whole open topped pie, which, oh, it's on a top, whole open topped pie, which sliced, uh, which sliced is a lovely tea time delicacy or served with custard or brandy sauce, a great pudding. Do not submerge (laughs) them, rather just allow the juices of the meat to coat the apple slice. This will act as a glaze for the apples. So (laughs) it's made glazed apples. No, but so they had a food stylist create all of these images (laughs) of these different pies and different like states of doneness and then people realized on the internet and started calling them out and they quickly changed their tune. Yeah, they pulled the recipe. Oh, they pulled the recipe yeah. and the picture and, and the they images. replaced it with a real recipe of what mincemeat really is. So it's not only us who is confused. It is the, the food professionals. They're trying to like cover their tracks without even admitting <laughs> any wrongdoing. Meanwhile... You cannot escape your... On the internet, nothing is ever lost. Nothing's ever <laughs> lost. People took screenshots and during that moment of confusion of like, I don't know, four <laughs> hours that it was up just think about all the people who made pies who made, like bloody apple <laughs> pie and served it to their families this is a crime you've ruined christmas <laughs> Christmas. This is um, this is really serious. This is a serious. war crime. This is really serious. <laughs> crime against culinary humanity. Yes, I mean there are people with like salmonella, like just sort of <laughs> in the heartland because they didn't know what mincemeat was. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> to so all no. our good nope fans, don't make just don't make any mincemeat pie. What is this website uh, called again? That has uh, the Spruce Eats, spruce like a spruce eats. tree. Just stand in your truth and acknowledge your mistake. Don't just like take down the images and pretend it never happened. You can't do that. You can't have a revisionist history no. of mincemeat. <laughs> no, no. By the way, it's so confusing. I'm entirely open to the prospect that we got this all wrong, like that we're confused about which is the savory and which is the sweet. And It's very confusing. It is very just confusing. Just steer clear. Just, it's, it's a danger. <laughs> it's a high wire act. <laughs> it is. It is. Don't, I mean, just don't touch Stick it. to it's, your Christmas it's ham. third rail. <laughs> okay. No. Shut nope this down. No to recipes with mincemeat. <laughs> okay. Okay, that's the end of the nopes. Now we are up to our yups. This is the thing that uh, the items that gave us a little ray of hope, a little beacon of light in this terrible, terrible week. Uh, I'm going to kick it off. Yes. My yup, I saw, I've been waiting for this movie and I finally saw it and did not disappoint. Uh, Knives Out. I'm dying to see it. It's amazing. It's like one of these all-star casts and it's a whodunit. It's very Agatha Christie style, but it's got modern sort of (laughs) hints to it. But the standout of this whole movie with the stellar acting cast is Chris Evans, who plays a sort of entitled uh, waspy, uh, the black sheep of the family where there's murder has occurred. And what stands out is not his performance, but his sweater. He is wearing a a white fisherman's like cable net sweater that is like far too chunky for him or anyone else, but it is smoking hot. Really? Yes. And it like But just, he would look smoking hot in anything. Yeah, yeah. It is just amazing. And I thought I was the only one who noticed it and I was like in denial about it because it's like such You didn't want to admit no it. On, it's so not on trend to have this like chunky sweater, at least for me. Well, Stewie on succession were like chunky turtlenecks. That's true, but the, you know how I feel about turtlenecks also. You don't like them. No, but I do like Stewie. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> those are black. You have to rise above the turtleneck. <laughs> You have to be so hot that even in the turtleneck. But then I found out that it is a fashion trend now. People are wearing uh, these white these white fisherman sweaters, and there was, of course, a feature in the fashion section of the New York Post with all these like sort of guys with dad bods wearing these these sweaters, and honestly, like. They didn't look bad. Okay. They didn't look bad. All right. Um, so and Chris Evans. That's is, Chris Evans. He, yeah. he could wear a paper bag and look good. He could. Uh, you know I saved his life. Like he is, <laughs> he is there but for the Captain grace of America, God. Captain America, saved his, his life. life. So this oh, is I actually remember this really funny. Tell the story. Tell the story. Um, so I was at the Oscars in 2016. I was working for Twitter and I was stationed in the green room with this thing called the Twitter mirror, which is this like device where celebrities could take a selfie and then post it from the Academy's handle. And um, the green room is obviously very exclusive. It was sponsored by Rolex that year. And they had this like thick plush white carpet. And I had to wear like hospital booties on my (laughs) shoes when I was there the day before to set up the Twitter installation. It was all very funny. So anyway, all these celebrities show up in their tuxedos and their new shoes, which is very slippery on this plush carpet, which Rolex should have thought of. yes. Yes. Okay. So I'm standing there with this like technology and out of the corner of my eye, I see like a muscle man hurtling toward me at light speed. 
and it was Chris Evans and he was slipping on the carpet and I didn't know what to do. So I just reached out my arms <laughs> and I, I caught him and we fell to the ground. You're a hero. I, I, am, you just say, I, I saved Captain I'm America. I'm not a hero. I did what anyone would do in this situation. <laughs> Listen, you know, sometimes we <laughs> are called calls. upon and everybody circled around us. And by everybody, I mean like Charlize Theron was there, Melanie Griffith. I look up, there's like a circle of like A-list celebrities. Did they uh, do anything to help? They just stand by like Kitty Genovese. They, Did they, they were like... all like, oh my God, Chris, are you okay? Chris, how are you? Are you all right? And nobody asked about me <laughs> except for one person. And that one person is Chris Evans. Right. Awesome. <laughs> a mensch. A mensch. Yes. And you were, you were the bottom of a Chris Evans sandwich. <laughs> yes. Many people would pay. <laughs> I would to... pay for that privilege. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so anyway. Okay. So yep to Chris Evans and your white fisherman sweater. Rachel, what's your yup? So um, my yup goes to Bombshell the movie. I, you know, I sometimes get invited to these screenings. Most of the time I can't make it. But today I saw Bombshell and it's the movie about the fall of Roger Ailes at Fox News. And the topic is of great interest to me as someone who used to work for News Corp and in the same building as Fox News. And um, the production design of this movie and everything else about it was fabulous. Like Nicole Kidman's in it. She plays Gretchen Carlson and Charlize Theron plays Megyn Kelly. Margot Robbie plays this composite character named Kayla, who's sort of like this like Kaylee Mc enemy whatever <laughs> the fuck her name is you know Kaylee McEnemy whatever Mc- she's McNamee she's, <laughs> she's like McEnemy I don't know she works for the RNC now I think and she represents like all these young women who were preyed upon by Roger Ailes I don't know if Kaylee was but she, she sort of looked like that type okay. of woman um, and Roger Ailes is played by the great John Lithgow and honestly I've never seen Margot Robbie give less than 110% in any performance yeah. that she's yeah. Done and the, her performance made me cry. And I love that, like, although what these women did was heroic, it doesn't portray them as heroes. They're pretty racist. They're entitled <laughs> white women. They work at Fox News. And, you know, their story of what it takes to survive in that type of toxic environment is worth telling. So I think everybody should go see it. Right. So, yep, that's to Bombshell. Yep. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, that's the end of this uh, podcast. We have an incredible guest next week. We're not going to say who it is in case they cancel. <laughs> right. We're very excited. Uh, we're very excited about it. We think you will enjoy it as well. Um, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends about it. We get so much great word of mouth. That's how we get our reviews. Yes. Um, we're on Spotify. Only. You know, a lot of people ask, are you are you on Spotify? Because Spotify isn't yet known for its podcast, but it's becoming more known becoming. for the podcast. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, it's the platform of choice for many people. So if that's your platform, All make us your choice. All Swedish listeners are on <laughs> Spotify. Okay. Thanks for listening. It's been a terrible week. Fun podcast. We'll be back next week. This has been This Week in Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. Why not?